Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Weersma. You know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And this is the cool part. You have the power. You can learn something new, you can meet someone new, you can choose a new action for good. And today we have got some great stories from the amazing Laura Smedley. And the crowd goes wild. Ah! Welcome, Laura. Hi, Betsy. Thanks for having me. Well, I was so blessed that uh, in 2020, we had an international pandemic. That was the biggest blessing because you showed up in the Camp Experience Network at some of our virtual events. And uh, I was so glad I had met you, but I was so glad to get to know you and to, to really um, enjoy your great skills and talents that you bring to the special event scene, uh, something I've been in for many, many years. So today is all about who is Laura and what was the story of how you got from um, growing up and getting education into really the world of special events. So you could start in a small hospital, you know, go all the, in the way back machine. <laughs> well, um, I was born here in Denver. Uh, so it was a small hospital in Colorado. Um, but I'll fast forward through, through some of the, you know, the milestones in life, like learning how to walk and all of that fun. Stuff. Okay. We'll skip those for today. We'll go that, that will be a different podcast. All right. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my background uh, was born and raised here in Colorado. Um, ended up, wanted actually to go to uh, the University of Hawaii when I was in high school. Uh, but that, you know, things change and decisions change. And all of a sudden, I ended up at the University of Denver. Um, so that's where I went to school. Uh, I was, I would say, in, in terms of events, the kind of first real experience I had was part of my sorority. Um, so I was, uh, I joined a sorority because I went to a college that none of my friends from high school were going to. Uh, so I didn't know anybody, and I just wanted to be able to meet some new people. Uh, next thing you know, they put me in charge of the socials, and then they put me in charge of the philanthropy. Then they put me in charge of recruitment. And then next thing you knew, I was in charge of recruitment for the entire campus. Um, and I, it wasn't anything that I think I sought after. Um, definitely was people that I surrounded myself with that were recognizing skills that I um, naturally had, right, which was being organized, um, enjoying the idea of bringing people together to have a good time. Um, and so that was kind of where I really started my event life. Um, I did take a little bit of a sidestep. Uh, I have always um, participated in sports, and it was just something that as a child growing up, um, I really enjoyed. I played competitive softball, and um, when I was in college, I decided, you know what, it kind of working in sports sounds fun. Like, what does that look like? So one day, I emailed the sports information director for the hockey team at DU, and I just said, hey, I'd love to know what you do. Um, will you meet with me? And he said, yes. <laughs> And wow. So, hey, that was just kind of like a, a, a great opportunity. And I think, you know, I always like to point out 
never make up a story someone's going to say no <laughs> because so many people say well i will never talk to that person i never get that interview i'm like i then i say you're right mm -hmm. and they say what and i said well if you've already decided you're never going to talk to the person you're never going to get the interview then you're right yeah so don't decide that so awesome so you here you are you're outgoing you think i want to talk to the sports guy yeah <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know anything, right? I didn't know what it meant to work in sports. I just knew that there was people behind the scenes that made things happen. So I went into his office one day and sat down and I made a resume and I talked to him and he's like, okay, well, come into the office tomorrow. I'm going to have you start working on our media guide. And I was like, what? I don't, I don't even know what that is. I don't know what a media guide is. So I showed up and the next day he set me down at a computer and he said, here's a, here's a program that we use, um, figure out how to do it. So for the next semester, I just figured it out and started working in the hockey, um, the hockey office. And then I was doing stats. Um, so I was watching the game and I had to watch the puck go back and forth and tell the stat crew which player was hitting the puck. Um, and then next thing you know, I just kind of uh, fell in love with working in sports. And so that was really where my career took me. So even though I had this events experience, um, I took a step into sports. Um, and so I started working more on the media side of sports. Uh, that uh, led into um, me moving to Texas. And so I lived in Texas for 11 years and I worked for the Alamo Bowl, which is a college football bowl game. Um, and then I also worked for the Spurs um, and worked in their community relations department. So that my sports experience and then my event experience world collided when I really started working in community relations. Um, and that is kind of, where I started to form, I think a lot of my identity as an event professional, which is really focused on connecting people with their communities and how we bring people together to really do amazing work um, for the lives that people, for, for people who live in our communities. Well, I, I knew you and I had a lot in common, but I didn't know about your spurs. I probably just forgot because a little known Betsy, where's my fact is when I was 26 years old, I feel like I was you. I feel you and I are so parallel in many things. I went to the head of the Indiana Pacers in Indianapolis, Indiana. I was right out of college. And I said, I think you should have greeters from the community at every Pacer game saying, thank you for coming to support our team. And then I think you could sell sponsorships of stuff to pass out to do sampling. And I think it would be a great thing for the community because the Indiana Pacers, and this would be in the eighties, were not very popular and they weren't doing great. And I said, I think this should be called the Indiana Pacers host and host this program. And he's like, great, you're in charge of it. And I was a kid, I was 20, three right out of college. I was in a CEO of the Indiana Pacers board of directors office. And I just had the guts to go in there. And he's like, you're in charge of it, put it together. So for 42 games a year, my best friend, Darlene and I co-hosted community groups and we'd get them and they'd pass out chick razors. I always remember the chick shavers. We'd pass out razor kits and then we'd have, um, they'd, they had all kinds of entertainment at the end of the game. So they get you at the beginning of the game the host and hostess would greet you. You'd pass out the crap. They would get a hot dog and a free ticket. 
they would go to the game and at the end of the game they would have like earth wind and fire because nobody was there for the game people were there for the entertainment but i i had um so many memories and i didn't care about sports so i would needlepoint during the game <laughs> and the big joke would be like i was in charge of the whole thing I, everybody get their hot dog and i'd be in the rafters needlepointing it and like what's wrong I'm like well, sports i don't care about the sports i care about the community so that is a funny um, thing we have in common but i love how sports and especially special events is the place where memories are created and entertainment gives us a place to come together for good for good times good fun good conversation as we'll talk more about later so here you are in texas which i had the opportunity to live in two years very hot although you were in san antonio i was in south texas which is yeah. even hotter than you think <laughs> wow texas those flying cockroaches water yeah. bugs they told me they're water bugs yeah they're not in my water they're in my cabinet yep. and they're large and yep. i first started spraying them with raid and then i realized well then i was spraying my food with raid so then i went over to hairspray so i would spray them with a really bad cheap hairspray yeah that was fun i would just uh, wait till they turned over and died and then i'd get like the biggest piece of paper towel to pick them up and throw them away <laughs> yes bug bug stories from texas so you were in south texas and what in the world then brought you or, or you know or kind of what happened that you said okay i did this i'm doing this for everybody else i can do this for me yeah you know um i worked for the alamo bowl for 10 years and it was an amazing job um we were it's a small staff they're a nonprofit, uh and we were very very close uh, it was really, really hard for me to leave. It was hard for me to make that decision. Uh, if I could have, I would have picked everything up about the Alamo Bowl and brought it back to Colorado, um, but that wasn't the reality. Um, my decision honestly had a lot more to do about um, my personal life than it did about my professional life. Uh, I was, you know, in my early 30s and I was watching a lot of my friends lose their parents and family members. And it was just really important for me to um, be able to come back to Colorado, be closer to my parents. Um, and, and I think professionally, I was ready to push myself to that next level. I didn't know exactly what that next level meant, um, but that was kind of what, what took me to working in sports, working in Texas, to moving back to Colorado. Wow. Well, you're sitting at the edge of your seats. I know we have a beautiful, talented event producer in sports, 10 years, South Texas, fighting the flying cockroaches. And they are this big. If you could see the video, they are this big. I tell you, I experienced them in Dallas. It's it's still in my head. Uh, Laris Medley survived and thrived at the Alamo Bowl and working in professional sports. And now she is off to Denver. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. And we're back. We're back. So, Laura, 
takes the leap again. And I think this is an interesting part of your story that, you know, you're getting an education, you're kind of finding your, your way, you had the guts, you went in, you went towards sports. Sports took you to Texas. You had the guts now to come back to Colorado, be a little closer to the family and do your own thing. So tell us now about Smedley Events. Yeah, so Smedley Events is a event production, experiential marketing and fundraising agency. Uh, so we focus on helping our clients really look at the strategy behind their events so that they can make them um, really strategic and uh, either build revenue or increase their you know, client or customer engagement um, and make their events sustainable, right? So making sure that they can continue doing their events for um, many, many years and it helps grow their business. Uh, we do a lot of work in the nonprofit sector as well. So we help nonprofits really figure out how they can connect their story to their community through their events. Um, and then we also produce our own events. So we produce a series of dinners um, that are focused on purposeful conversation. Well, I want to talk about that a little bit because being in the event business like you are uh, a few 20 years ahead of you, I always had, as I was talking to my husband about the other day, the way I structured my company, which is still around, where's my experience marketing, experiential special events, but you had the things that came every year. So you always knew you had that revenue. And those were a lot of things that I produced. You know, I would make up the festival or make up the fundraiser. And then I was the key consultant to that. Then you had the people that were current clients and then you had the special projects on top. Mm -hmm. So I really love you to talk about why it's important for people listening in business to create their own brand or their own events inside the mix of also helping others and talk about your dinners. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I think it's important to, especially as a business owner, to identify what makes your business or service or product unique or special, right? So then, then you can connect with people on a human level um, versus just kind of throwing some, something out there into the universe and hoping people find it and hoping people buy a ticket or, or buy whatever that is. Uh, so that's, when I started my business, I had zero clients. I had a logo and I had a domain. I didn't even have a website yet, right? So I, I was trying to figure out what I wanted my business to be. And I fell into this concept of purposeful conversation. Um, and it really just, it kept, there was books that were popping up, podcasts, conversations with other people that were coming into my life and I couldn't ignore it anymore. And it led me into this direction of my business is about connecting people. My business is about how do we, um, use conversation or use events to uncover our commonalities. Because at the end of the day, we have the same basic needs and wants. We want to be loved. We want to be accepted. Um, we want to feel heard or understood, right? Um, so that's where it kind of led me into because I didn't have a client and I was like, how can I say I have a business if I don't have an event? So I just made my own event um, and it's built over the last three years into something more. Um, so yeah, it's two concepts, sunset dinner experience and our better together dinners. Um, and it's all based on gathering people together and having meaningful conversations that help us uncover our commonalities. So does that, so for those people that are curious about this, because you could, you can come to Laura's dinners 
if you happen to be in Colorado and you can come to this beautiful field where she stages them, or you can hire her to consult you in your city on how to do this and bring her brand that she's already proven. And she's got this super great model to you, to your corporate setting, to your personal group, to your community. So uh, tell them about how the conversation part works. Cause I think some people out there might be, this might be a super great tool, especially to bring together teams, especially to unite your clients and friends and a great way to have a theme that kind of naturally uh, makes it work. It makes the magic work. Yes. So the um, dinner format is you have a topic. Um, so the topics can be anything from gratitude to legacy um, to I had a, a dinner the other night where the topic was wounds. So what wounds do we have that we need to heal, which I think is really relevant right now. Um, and so the topic is where you start. And then there's moderators who guide the conversation. Uh, so they will propose uh, topics and um, different questions to the group. Um, and then guests are invited to share as they feel comfortable. Um, so they will share personal experiences or stories or thoughts or ideas related to their life. Um, and again, the goal is for people to listen to other people and you know learn something new. Or what I find really amazing about these dinners is when somebody else is sharing a story and you realize that that's your story that experience that somebody else has had is your experience. And then all of a sudden, you're not alone. You're not the only person that has gone through something. Um, and it's really, really powerful to have that type of an experience with complete strangers, right? Or even with people that you know, but maybe you haven't had a chance to learn their story. Well, I'm just very excited in the summer of 2021, and you're listening to this podcast right here on the edge of the summer, uh, the Camp Experience Network is participating in one of these dinners. And Laura is a gracious sponsor of our network and is helping with so many of our signature events. So we're so excited about that. The other entrepreneurial thing that you did is during the year 2020, when we all had the opportunity for personal growth called the COVID, international pandemic hello out of nowhere and the world changed you had a very innovative idea and i'd like to uh, capture what you did yeah so obviously in march of 2020 uh events came to a screeching halt uh and so a lot of our a lot of my client work really shifted or paused uh, so some colleagues of mine saw what was happening in Europe and Asia as they were restarting sports and we were noticing these cardboard cutouts that were in stands and they were silently cheering on their teams. Uh, so we decided that we were going to figure out what is an, what's a solution that we can create that would allow sports organizations or we even have some performing arts organizations where they can use cardboard cutouts to generate 
revenue because we all know that you know there's no fans, so there's no ticket sales. So we developed a platform that allows any organization that has any type of a live event or performance to be able to sell uh, what we call fan cutouts uh, to their fan base. Um, and again, it's a revenue generator for them. So it's a fundraising tool um, and we process the images and work with printers to print the physical cutouts and then they get installed in stadium arenas and venues um, across the country. Well, it's, it's an exciting idea. And I, whenever I see the cutouts on any kind of a sporting event, I'm always wondering, are those Laura's cutouts? Because it's, again, a very timely thing, but I think there's a legacy. Just like what happened with special events in 2020 is the new hybrid event. Mm -hmm. My husband, Doug Lane at Fast Lane Productions, had to figure out how to help all of his customers meet the needs that they needed with a fundraiser or a business meeting and do that in a different way with a hybrid setting. So he, as you know, Doug, uh, had to really figure out how to be in the TV production business mm -hmm. to take studios with professional production ability inside a global pandemic to people's homes. And my favorite story is he would have this hermetically sealed kit that they would put their gloves on and their mask and they'd put on the front door of the people with a bottle of the spray, some wipes, everything. And the people would take it into their home, shoot their video as directed on the things. And then they would put it back on their front porch and Doug would come with the hazmat suit and yeah. pick it up again. Uh, but you innovate in the special event business to the best of your ability and your creativity, Lara, uh, definitely shines. So what would you tell other women in business that would be maybe one of the most important things as they are trying to take the leap like you did from sports and from working for someone else, take the leap into their own dream and their own destiny? What would be some tips? You know, I think based on my experience, being able to lean on and trust in the community that I had was really, really important. Um, it's a very scary thing to go out on your own. Uh, it can be a very lonely thing if you try to do it by yourself. Uh, I have been a one-man shop um, for my entire business, and it's sometimes I miss other people, right? I miss being able to share in those experiences with coworkers. Um, but what I've really learned is just because I don't have a full staff with me doesn't mean I can't create that community, right? So I can show up to camp experience and I can collaborate with other members. Um, I can support other members in their business and then they support me in return. So I, I think really leaning on your community knowing that they're going to be there to support you and then going out and find and expanding your community finding other groups of people that have like interests or like clientele um, leaning in participating um, that has really been key for me well i know your motto is better together and when i first met you and you told me that first i said i have to have one of your t-shirts because that is what we say a lot and also the other thing about better together is it's a theme that we used in the Camp Experience Network for one of our entire years, because I really do believe that the world is better when we figure out ways that we do have in common and we can come together. And I know you are a catalyst for that in special events, with your family, in your give back, and in all that you are. So on behalf of the entire world, we say thank you, Laura Smedley, 
Uh, please tell everyone listening how to find you. Yeah, so the easiest way to find me is smedleyevents.com. Um, all of my contact information is there. And then obviously all of the social platforms you can find Smedley Events on. And she has an awesome newsletter, so sign up for that. And then if you cannot come to Colorado, to the Denver area, to one of her events, please hire Laura to bring that a bit to you. I bet that with her um, really proven way to make this happen, she can find the right farmer's market field, the right chef, the right everything in your neck of the woods to help you do this and do it either hybrid online or live. So keep Laura in, in your mind for that because maybe that's why you were supposed to hear us today. Uh, I'm gonna now shuffle the amazing Dream Big Live Big card deck. This is a deck of questions and angels and you're gonna see it before me because it's totally random. And this is you got believe and your angel says, uh, how are you fearless? How are you fearless? Laura Smedley. You know, I, uh, the first dinner that I did, the first sunset dinner that I did was in May of 2019. And honestly, I didn't really have any idea what I was doing. I had never built an outdoor kitchen before. Um, I, I had done events, but I had never done this purposeful conversation where we had a topic and I was putting strangers at a table and I was entrusting a moderator to guide them and them not to fight or hate each other at the end of it. Um, and, and, and I had a, a guest who came to the dinner who had a podcast and after the dinner, he's like, I, I need you on my podcast. I, I just... I want to talk to you about this idea. Um, and it was actually the very first podcast I have, had ever guest appeared on. And one of the things that he said to me um, was that you must have a really strong uh, sense of um, not being scared to fail. And I, and I didn't ever, before he said that, I never really thought of myself in that way. I think I've always been strategic. I've always been resourceful. I've always been able to figure it out. And I didn't think of it in the sense of like, that I wasn't scared to fail. Cause I think deep down inside, I probably am scared to fail, but I believe in something so much. So to like the main word on that card is card is believe that I believe things are that important that I will find a way to do it, right? It doesn't mean that it's going to be some million dollar business, but if I can do something that is going to affect somebody's life, even if it's just a moment, right? Even if it's just one conversation that they had with a stranger that made them think like, you know what, I'm going to reach out to that friend that I haven't talked to, or I'm going to start to work on those things about myself that, you know, I haven't dealt with before. Um, so yeah, that when that card came up, that was the story that I thought of. Yeah, well, in that bravery, I think bravery is really, if you look at this podcast, bravery is a theme. Uh, the bravery of stepping into leadership in a, in a college sorority just because someone said, hey, why don't you try this? And you didn't say, no, I can't. You said, well, I'll try to do it. I still remember the sheet signs. I was in charge of the sheet signs a couple, 10 years before you, but uh, I loved the camaraderie of my sorority and I loved the playground for my leadership skills just to try it. And nobody was gonna 
die at the sorority if I'd made a bad sheet sign. Right. But I made a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Betsy artists made a lot of sheet signs. <laughs> well, I think bravery and bravery to follow your dreams and bravery to come home and to reinvent and to create your own products and then to create, you know, what you saw happening in the world with the cutouts. I think that's really exciting. So thank you for being on Boost Power Podcast and thanks all of you for listening. Our mission is to educate and inspire and tell stories of amazing people that are just like you and me. Every day, doing our best, trying to figure it out, changing it up, reevaluating, doing it again, rinse and repeat, but always trying to make the best for the world and make the best for you, our listeners. So please subscribe on your favorite podcast app because every single week we bring you more stories, more good, more uplifting, more connections, and you are meant to hear them. I am your host, Betsy Wiersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging into stories from the journey of business and life. Our music today is by singer-songwriter Megan Burt. We are recorded at Cinder Sound Studios and we're part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Learn more at globalsisterhoodpodcastnetwork.com.